Before we get started with this week's edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast, let me let you know that it's brought to you by Draft, Draft.com. Fantasy sports fans, listen up. Did you know that your chances of winning on Draft are 80% better than on salary cap sites? That's why you need to try Draft. No more getting crushed by the pros. More than 1 million people have already downloaded Draft. Playing a real-life NBA, NFL, or for this podcast purpose, PGA Draft right now. Be done drafting in under five minutes and get paid out the day the tournament is done. The PGA version is great. You draft, you enjoy the four days, and you collect your money Sunday night. Drafts are filling every second so you can join them whenever you want. All new players, this is the catch. All new players, when they make their first deposit, get entry into a real money draft by using the promo code SD Sports. You gotta use the promo code SD Sports to get that free entry. That's right. Playing a real money draft for free by using the promo code SD Sports. But it gets even better. For some crazy reason you do not like draft, they are offering a hundred dollar money back guarantee. Just surf draft in your app store or go to draft.com and come play for free right now. But you have to use the promo code SD Sports. Void or prohibited, must be 18 or older. See website for details. Offer must be redeemed within 14 days. Now, welcome to this week's edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast. Lay. Yeah. Yeah. Kane is in the building. Yeah. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast. This week, previewing the Fort Worth Invitational, formerly the Dina DeLuca, formerly the Crown Plaza. Tons of fun names because they somehow can't find a sponsor for this field. But in order to preview it, I'll be joined by my two co-hosts, as always, as the band is back together this week. You can find him on Twitter at bpsnow 11 Bucks, how are we doing? Doing well, Bubba. Doing really well. Excited for the week. Good. Should be a fun one. Good, good field. And in Kentucky, our buddy who had a great weekend of the member guest golf tournament. Find him on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how are we doing? Doing well, but uh, that Barbasol championship rough, man, it wore me out. <laughs> oh, you played that? That's the course you ended up playing? Yeah, that's what we played at this week. It's uh, champions in Nicholsville. So, so yeah. you 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 and Grayson Murray have a lot in common, and that's something to be proud of. Oh man, dude, the rough is is it's awful. Uh, good to hear. Good, good to hear. Anyway, well, let's recap the Byron Nelson Classic. But before we do so, Bucks Jesse and I talked about it last week that it was only fitting because you missed the podcast after a Webb Simpson victory. Yeah, you, you you get like thirty seconds to talk about your boy winning. The week before. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> it's awesome. I mean, I'm, he's gonna win this week too. I, I, I don't mind him this week. I bet you don't. He's the man. Yeah. I think you, so. You, I, I, you've I'm ruined sure you me. Guys talked about it, and I I listened to to most of the podcast, but his top ten rate is just insane. I think he's like twenty three percent over the last year. or two years or something like that, top tens, just, just unbelievable. So Webb's a man. I'm glad he won. Yeah, once he learned how to putt, it was amazing what happened. <laughs> um, let's get into the recap of the Byron Nelson. You know, the new course at Trinity, 
Forest Golf Club and whatnot. But Aaron Wise put on quite the performance. You know, started out looking like Leishman was going to run away with it. Then Wise showed up and just took it to him on Sunday. Uh, Jesse, any takeaways from the Aaron Wise victory at uh, Trinity? Yeah, I, I fully expected him to fold uh, under the pressure there coming down the stretch. First, really big time in contention. I know he was a couple weeks ago, but he he was never in the lead. Um, well, I think he was for a brief like one hole or something. He was tied for the lead with Jason Day at uh, Wells Fargo, but he just he just played really, really, really solid golf. Uh, I think he was one under on the backside and just brought it home. So. Yeah, kudos to him. Um, uh, you know, it's been it's been we've seen that coming for a while. I think if you watch golf, you know, he's a he's a rising star. Yeah, yeah, he almost did it at uh, at the Wells Fargo. So he got through this time. Bucks, what are your thoughts on Aaron Wise taking one down? Yeah, I thought it was awesome. I mean, he he's good for golf. He's a, a, another young gun, and he's been playing really well. And what I thought was really really awesome about um, how he won was that he saw Leishman crush it the first couple days and it didn't deter him. Um, he played the weekend uh, really, really well. And Sunday especially, he just kept the pedal to the metal and didn't let up. And uh, he won that golf tournament. And typically, um, Playing in the lead group is really difficult to, to score well, and he just crushed it. So, I mean, it was cool to see him win. I, I think the on the flip side, though, I'm sure you guys saw his Dude. Uh, I kind can't. of like – I can't zone, do it. Friend zone oh type wannabe type deal. Um, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that, Jesse? Go ahead, Bubba. I can't. I can't even talk about it. <laughs> uh, that's one of those like when you see the video, it's one that you just wish for once the internet would forget things, which it never does oh, because yeah. you know you just won one point four million dollars, which will, will help with all these pains. But you think this girl would, um, you know, kind of know <laughs> know know kind of how this works? If you're gonna come out there, you're not gonna fade the champion of the tournament. It's just kind of how it works. Oh man, dude, what the hell? I'd like to hear the backstory on that though. I mean, like, who is she? Why is she out there giving hugs? I'm so I mean, he, he he said it was his girlfriend, but wow. he denied him. Oh, my God, <laughs> dude, I, mean, I had to have, I had to have watched that like easily a hundred times. Oh, it was tweeted a hundred times today. Like it, <laughs> every time I saw it, I was like, just go, scroll past. I can't watch this again. Most embarrassing like train wreck. But yeah. Worse. Yeah, I guess for one point four million dollars, he can buy kisses elsewhere if he feels oh, like it. Yeah. Dallas has a lot. <laughs> Dallas has a lot of good places for that, so he'll be just fine. I have a feeling. <laughs> um, it was a it was an interesting leaderboard that we looked at this week. You know, your boy Keith Mitchell was a high on up there. Yeah, man. You, had, you know, like we talked about some other names, Grace. A lot of the expected people we thought Kevin Na even showed up. Um, Bucks, what were some of the just overall thoughts on the tournament as a whole? Um, I had mixed opinions. It's it's super tough to get um, really into that event because of how bad the coverage was again. <laughs> and then compiled on top of that was Shot Tracker breaking and PGA Tour not really updating anything like on Twitter or the, on the site. It was just really bad. But, I mean, from a course perspective – 
I personally loved it. I mean, if, what can what more ask for than uh, there being kind of and I guess Aaron one ran ran away with it, but you had a lot of people making moves on the weekend. Um, and I think that this year is an anomaly. I think if they do go back there next year and the wind picks up, you're going to see scores mm-hmm. way different. Um, it was playing soft, little light wins, if anything. And so scoring was way lower than I was expecting um, when I didn't factor the weather in. But overall, I mean, everybody had a shot. I mean, it seemed like most of the guys inside the top 30 had – around uh, like around 66 one of the days so everybody had a chance i, I liked it and then if yeah you the, the sunday scoring definitely with the wet yeah. course helped a lot so yeah yep um yeah that and then i can't remember who i listened to it was somebody on the late night coverage recapping the event on pga channel they basically said it was four different tournaments because each day the weather was different so it was four different atmospheres to score in it totally changed things up even nick faldo said he walked down after the Saturday round, and it goes, wow, it was a lot lot windier than they thought up in the booth. So uh, each day was a different day. Jesse, what were your thoughts on uh, the tournament? Yeah, so were the splits. You know, the AM, uh, I think it was PM, AM split uh, was like a shot and a half lower than the AM, PM split. Um, so, yeah, that was a that was a big factor. I think that that, of course, has no defense at all whatsoever if it's not windy. Um and then the, the rain just didn't help anything. So, yeah, birdie fest, if you didn't have any of those guys up top, you know, basically you're just SOL even with – I mean, I had a 6-6 six six lineup that ended up not cashing anything, um, even with 6-6 six six being, you know, less than 10%. So, it was just an overall birdie fest. Uh, I didn't watch much coverage, so I don't really have an opinion. It, it looked all right. I, I mean, I would play that golf course in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Um, Bucks is something you wanted to talk about. There's a gentleman deciding to drink a beer walking down the path, which is totally appropriate for a golf tournament. He picks up a golf ball and he drops it. What were your <laughs> thoughts on this? I was uh, personally blown away. <laughs> like, I can certainly kind of understand like in a different setting but you're at a pga tour event the only time a ball should be coming at you is when somebody hit it from the golf course (laughs) i i don't know if it's like natural reaction but i mean good for that guy i mean he had a full beer in his hand and still one-handed it and then immediately understood (laughs) the gravity of the situation my favorite part of that whole video he like looks around drops the ball turns around and just walks away like nothing happened (laughs) (laughs) nothing to see here i mean he could have just stayed there watched the next shot or something but who knows yeah it had to be it had to be a natural reaction that's all i can think of yeah, that's like he was trying to feel it like he was a shortstop or something. But I mean, yeah, when, when you when you do that and then you feel, you you actually like your brain like <laughs> it know, all registers registers what you've just done. The only thing you can do is just like literally walk away and try to get away from that situation as fast as possible. But the dude, like, I don't know, you just got you, you just can't do that. And he got roasted by the guys on TV too, which he deserved. <laughs> what an athlete! Uh, I mean. It's just amazing to me 
how everywhere you go, uh, you know, and there's some donkey golf fans, man. I mean, just everywhere. doesn't matter where it's at, except for Augusta National. Yeah. There are more and more of every tournament you go to. They're uh, out and about. That's for darn sure. Um, last thing, you mentioned the Bucks. I started following it on Twitter today because I didn't realize it was happening until you mentioned it. Dave Portnoy, not everybody loves Barstool Sports, but I think they're somewhat entertaining for the most part. But if you can get their you know, trash takes out of the way, it's, it's entertaining to me. He, deci- <laughs> he decides in his, his cocky way he's going to go play Shinnecock. And as many mulligans as he wants, he's going to go shoot. And he finished four under par today. And I haven't seen the exact number, but I know like on two holes alone, he used like 16. They literally had to take him off a of green because he was taking too much time while he was trying to line up his, his par putt. So he two-putted for birdie. I mean, for his birdie putt, two-putted for par. Bucks, what was your overall thought on that? Because I haven't seen a final number on Mulligans, but what it's basically telling me is the average Joe's going to shoot through the roof there. Yeah, I mean, he he no chance would have – like he would have shot like 130 or something. At least, yeah. Like there was – he hit it everywhere. And I watched like he live streamed a few of the holes and I watched all of them and he was just – peppering but he is going to be so sore tomorrow <laughs> he was peppering he must have taken 200 swings at a golf ball today like it was insane um but pa- past dave portnoy being dave portnoy i actually thought like i think that's a really cool idea mm-hmm. and it sparked a lot of conversations i mean i had conversations with a few of my buddies today like if if you gave us unlimited mulligans in five hours like what would we shoot and it was pretty interesting conversations because Dave Portnoy wouldn't have shot 130 shot whatever it was three or four under um so you got to think that a guy that is a single digit handicap is going to shoot better than 59 easily so I thought it was interesting. I thought it was entertaining. Um, I wish they would have, like, shown the actual coverage of it mm-hmm. um, live the entire thing, but it is what it is. Any thoughts on it, Jesse? Yeah, I, I don't. The only thing I saw was uh, 18. He was swinging, and uh, he looked pretty tired. So, yeah, like you said, he's going to be wore out tomorrow. Um, not only is it a long golf course, he played it from the tip, so a lot of walking and then a lot of swings. 7,500 yard par 70. <laughs> yeah. They got a 260 yard par three. Yeah. Yeah. And this isn't a guy that plays on the regular by any means. So I, I could have just pictured some of these shots. Just it, the, it would have been like pure comedic value. The comments after each miss and because he had the whole peanut gallery there. So it would have been pretty good. He had, he, there was one par three. They live streamed like 13 or 14 or something. He, he hit easily 20 bo- balls off the tee and Took a ball on the fringe because he didn't hit anything closer. <laughs> and I love he made it. that for birdie. So was he like just leaving balls out there or were they going and scooping them as he dude he had a whole squad with him picking yeah. up balls. Oh. He has uh I think he's from Zimbabwe. He has a the guy little guy? on his team, a little a little yeah. midget Zimbabwean yeah. carrying a shag bag full of balls. Ah makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, he had a whole thing going on there. But, um, all right, last last talk for the Byron Nelson Classic. Jesse, why don't you give us your captain hindsight kind of run around you did for Fanshare this week? Yeah, it uh, it was an interesting week. So, 
I don't know. If, I don't know if I said this in the podcast last week or I was talking to somebody else, but it, it felt like going into it like it was kind of going to be like a Euro Tour DFS event where you have some really high-owned guys, and that's really what it turned into was the the ownership. I mean, because you could pretty much just X out about half the field um, and narrow it down. I mean, pretty much everybody did, and then you know you've only got a few favorites, so. Uh, that's what ended up happening, especially with like Leishman and Spieth, very high on. But there was um, a lot of chalk that hit. And for about the, it feels like the millionth week in a row, the chalk is hit. And for somebody who plays contrarian constantly, it's been rough as all can be. So um, it'd be interesting moving forward to see how, you know, how much the chalk continues to hit. But I mean, I think there was a, out of the top 10 uh, scoring guys, five of them were 20% owned. So it's just ugly. And the best thing I can compare it to is PGA or Euro DFS, man. I mean, if you play that very often, you know how the ownership is over there. And if the chalk hits, just kiss your money goodbye if you don't have it. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, let's get into the Fort Worth Invitational heading uh, this weekend. I mentioned earlier, former Dean DeLuca, Crown Plaza, all the good stuff. But Jesse will let us know about that in the past event history. Yeah, so – I guess they switched off the Dean and DeLuca and that it's kind of, it kind of pisses me off a little bit because that was really good comedic material. Um, Cause if you know what Dean and DeLuca is, I have no idea why they're sponsoring a golf tournament. Um, they have $900 caviar. That you can buy. <laughs> so we're going back to the Fort Worth Invitational, but last year uh, Kevin Kisner was your winner at 10 under um, by one shot over Sean O'Hare, John Rahm and one Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth was your actually your 2016 champion, 17 under. Um, Chris Kirk, 2015, 12 under. Adam Scott, 2014, nine under. Boo Weekly, Zach Johnson, David Tom, Zach Johnson again. Steve Stricker's one here. Phil's one here. He's not playing this week. Rory Sabatini's one here before. Um, Sergio's one here before. So a lot of big names. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, Buck, want to give us a course preview for the week? Yeah, I mean, so this is obviously at Colonial Country Club, uh, built in the mid '30s. They started playing tour events here in 1946, and it has gone through a, a little bit of reno- renovation recently. But it's 7,200 yards, and it's a par 70. And you're, you're hearing a lot of chatter on Twitter about it being a less than driver course, a short course, that kind of thing. But 7,200 yards on a tighter golf course with a lot of dog legs is not short for a par 70. I mean, yeah. all your, your four par threes are averaging well over 200 yards. Granted, you have three par threes that play the exact same distance, like 192 yards, but you have like a 240-yard par three in there, um, and that's not easy. And so – you only have two par fours that are uh, under 450 yards, and those are kind of scorable. You have one fairly reachable par five, one par five that's not really reachable. Um, but overall, the, the birdie rate here is something, um, or birdie or better, better rate is, is pretty low. I think you have one hole, which is number one, the par five, that's at like 48% or something stupid. Um, but on average, it's like 14% overall, which is one of the lowest birdie or better rates we've seen all year. 
And so this is a golf course that requires precision everywhere, um, but off the tee is a bump. And so you have a, a ton of dog legs, some fairway bunkering. You have uh, thick Bermuda rough. And then the course was built in 1936. And typically, and this is no different, most of these greens are going to be fairly small, um, smaller than average. Uh, and so when you think about it having tight fairways, some fairly thick rough, the greens being small, and then on average you're hitting something 175 to 200 yards in, uh, you really need to find the fairway to control that spin to have a chance of hitting these greens. And that's why if you look at the past winners, guys that hit the fairway at a higher clip, guys that hit greens at a higher clip are the ones that perform well. And so this course is no different. There's a ton of false frontage around the greens. There are bunkering. There are little undulations in the greens. Um, and then, like I mentioned, there's a lot of dog legs. So this is a very old school course, which is awesome. I personally like it. It's a target golf course. You have to be able to shape the ball. You have to be able to control your spin, your ball flight um, to get to these flags and to even hit greens. And then once you get on the greens, typically this is a really – uh, the, the greens here are really fast. Um, and so you have to have a really strong all-around game, and you definitely cannot just overpower this golf course. Um, so 7,200 yards, par 70, and the average winning score is fairly low, like Jesse said. Um, that's just a sign of really good golf course architecture. And so it, it should be a really cool um, – event to watch this week it always is and this is one of those events that everybody kind of has on their bucket list everybody wants that tartan jacket um and then the last thing i'll mention about this event and the course in general is there are only five events they play all year that are in invitational um, yep. classified as an invitational so you have a set of qualifying criteria but one of the cool things that i, I found out was that they have a uh a selection called the champion's choice where the past champions of this event pull together and pick two young players that otherwise would not have been eligible to play. And they give exemptions to those two players to get in. The really cool thing about that is, so you're thinking maybe they've done this for 40 years and they only pick two a year. So 80 max golfers, something like that. Five of those selections have gone on to win this event in oh, wow. their career at some point in time. That's insane to me yeah. um so really really cool event really well run the only thing they can't do well is keep a sponsor so it's solid yeah it's crazy with the feel like this that they can't get a sponsor it's absolutely loaded and um yeah i agree this the shot tracker aspect of this will be good you mentioned the invitational uh just so everybody knows there's only 121 player field yep um so the cut will be the same as top 70s and ties but only 121 so Six to six, knock on wood, should be a little easier this week, but that's always easier said than done. Um, Jesse, what are some of the key stats you're looking for? As you you know, Buck mentioned, uh, shot making and precision is going to be very important here. Yeah, yeah. Greens and regulation, like usual. Uh, some driving accuracy, not a whole heck of a lot. Um, scrambling, uh, birdie percentage, and par four scoring for me. And course history, of course. Yep, yep, yep. What about you, Bucks? Yeah, for me, um, I mean, the the weekly stats are always DK points, birdie or better percentage, bogey avoidance, and recent form. That's no different. 
for this event specifically, like I mentioned, uh, historically, the guys that played really well here, are the guys that are hitting a lot of fairways, hitting a lot of greens, and then obviously they get up and down or they wouldn't want a golf tournament. So um, I have a bump to driving accuracy, strokes gained tee to green. Um, and then, like I mentioned, and then strokes gained around the green. And then, like I mentioned, if you look at the hole by hole breakdown uh, of par fours, par threes, and par fives, you're roughly going to have like seven, maybe eight approach shots in the uh, like the 190-ish, 180-ish to 210-yard range. Um, so I'm looking at proximity as well uh, from 175 to 200 just because there's so many second shots coming from that distance. Um, so I'm going to sprinkle a little bit of that in, a little bit of that in there um, just to get a feel. Yeah, I'm, d- I'm definitely looking for accuracy, guys, and, and uh, good putters. You mentioned the greens can be uh, quite quick here. Um, and greens, by the way. There you go. And I also uh, I, I do want to look at you know good just you know pure shot makers, uh, good iron players. That kind of goes into your proximity stats you're looking at. Yep. Um, you know those kind of courses like Harbor Town and some of the other ones can be quite interesting. Where it's more of you know kind of like we talked about last week, where it's you need to, you're setting up your next shot and it's not as much so in this yeah. course, but still you need to be in play and it's a little, little more important here as it is elsewhere. So let's get into the good part about this. The draft Kings plays. We'll start in the 10 K and above range where we have five golfers, Jordan Spieth at 11, seven, John Rahm at 11,000, Justin Rose at 10, six, Ricky Fowler at 10, four Webb Simpson at 10, two. Who do you got this week in the 10 K and above bucks? I mean, obviously Webb Simpson. <laughs> that's, that's that's my man um but in all seriousness um i do like Webb again this week it's tough for somebody to i mean he's consistently performed um but if i'm paying 10k for a guy i really need him to be top five potentially win that kind of thing and i think we're all pretty much fans of avoiding the 10k range anyways mm-hmm. um but if i had to play a guy here Webb would be my choice he is um, my number one ranked golfer. He is uh, fifth in proximity, 175 to 200, first in scrambling, third in strokes gained around the greens, and then top 10 in DK points, bogey avoidance, and strokes gained tee to green. Um, so very, very good all-around player. Um, so I really like Webb this week. The other guy that I love in this range is Justin Rose. Um He's about as consistent as they come. The one guy in this range um, fading is going to be Jordan Spieth. At some point in time, it's going to click, but he is god-awful from 150 150 to 175 and then 175 to 200. And his putting is bad. Last week, what was that? He missed two putts inside three feet and shot 66. Yeah, like, something like that. It was crazy. His longest putt on the week was 13 feet. I was about to say, yeah, he, he didn't make anything past 13 feet. It was so On his bad. home course. Yep, that's what made it even crazier. Yeah, so I'm, I'm avoiding Spieth. I think John Rahm is going to be super popular this week, but I'm not going to play him uh, just because I want Weber Rose. Yeah, Spieth's putting is atrocious right now, but we see you never know it'll click when it clicks, and it'll be scary. Yeah, but uh, sure. until then, uh, what about you, Jesse? 
Yeah, it's it's hard to argue against Webb. Um, I mean, all the stats are there. He's actually number one in my model as well. So yeah, I don't know what that means, bugs. But worlds uh, are colliding. Yeah, and uh, you know, I was a never Webb guy for a long time, and you can't argue with the putter anymore. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I see. I think he'll be the most popular in this because he's going to line up on all on all the stat models. Yeah. He's going to be touted by everybody all week long. Um, so I can see him being the highest on guy here. Uh, next for me would be Rom, um, but you know to be honest with you, I don't know how much I'm gonna play anybody of this region, just because when we get down here to this next couple of price ranges, um, I, I think balanced is key uh, this week, just like it was last week. I mean, if you went balanced last week and you got some Leishman, you know you did pretty well probably. Um, so I don't know if we can find a Leishman down here this week, but and it's not gonna be quite the birdie fest, but one way or the other, you know. I think I'll probably end up going more balanced, so I might just fade this whole entire region. But I do think Webb is a really good play. Even if he's 25%, I think he's still a pretty good play because he'll probably play well. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, I had Webb as my guy at 10-2. You guys hit on everything there. And if I go off of him, it was Justin Rose, like you said, Bucks. is one of the most consistent guys out there. Tita Green could putt, could do it all. So I think cash games, he's a really good play. But uh, I don't – Go up here very often. I've been going, you know, pretty balanced for the most part, starting the 9K range the last five, six weeks, and it's been working. I had a five of six get home last week, so I will take it. And um, I think, like you said, Jesse, there's a lot to like starting this 9K and below. So why don't you kick us off there? we got Aaron Wise, Jimmy Walker, Kuchar, Kafka, Adam Scott, and Patrick Cantley. By the way, remember how last week I mentioned Adam Scott needed the top ten to get in, Jesse? Yeah. Well, he had a T9, and he's 61st. He's one shot out of the U.S. Open right now. I saw that. So, so he's still he's still pretty hungry, I think. So who do you like in this nine K range? I, I do like Adam Scott a lot again. Um, I think that's a pretty good price on him in this field. Uh, just given his his last two weeks, he's a past winner here. Um, course history besides that win is kind of my, but I mean he's basically top ten last two weeks, um, and obviously he's gone back to that long putter. So I do like him. Brooks at nine two, I love him. I was looking at his, you know, basically over his last couple of years of his, his whole entire PGA, I don't know, all of his finishes. His last missed cut was at the Arnold Palmer in March of 2017. Um, obviously, he took a little bit of time off this year because of the injury, but he still bounced back pretty well. The players finished in 11th, and he just scores. Um, you know, the, the, he has a propensity to go low. Cantlay is another guy I think who uh, probably will be popular, but uh, I can see why. And, and Jimmy Walker at nine five, um, he's interesting. Uh, obviously, we're still in Texas. Got decent course history. Um, coming off a second, or coming off a sixth, second, and fourth his last three weeks, so he's playing very well. Um, I, I, you know, at that price, you know, you can fit two or three of these nine thousands in this week, I think. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, what are you looking at here, Bucks? Yeah, I mean, I would echo a, a lot of what Jesse said. I mean, obviously, there's only like six, seven guys here, but um, three guys. One, I, I don't like Matt Kuchar this week. Um, it, it'll probably bite me to avoid him. Um, but after last week, just not wanting to play that golf course, um it, I don't know. I just have a bad taste in my mouth for Kuchar. I'm not playing Kepka yet. And Cantlay, 
um, is a guy that I love playing. Um, but this course, they are different. But you, Riviera is a, another golf course where you have to position yourself well off the tee. And Cantlay um, just didn't really have it there. He was in contention for a little while. Um, but I, I just don't like his fit here for that golf course, for this golf course. So that leaves me with Adam Scott, who I love this week, um, starting to putt better, obviously, and his game is just sharp right now. So I, I love him. Um, he is eighth on my model, but he is elite in the majority of the categories that I am looking for. As long as he can hit the fairway, he is going to contend. Um, and I really do think he's going to win in the next month or so. Uh, he's he's really close. Jimmy Walker, I really like. Um, his uh, accuracy kind of scares me because he's not really the longest player. But um, everywhere else, including bogey avoidance, scrambling, proximity is just off the charts good. So I, I will likely have a Jimmy lineup. Um, and then... Aaron Wise at 9600 bucks. He, I typically don't like taking players that just won, but he's kind of like that young and dumb kind of thing. Like he's young enough to not let it bother him. Um, and on, and on, he's just playing phenomenal golf right now. So I'm, I'm probably going to have three lineups, um, one with Scott, one with Jimmy, one with Aaron. Yeah, uh, I, I like what you guys said there. I'm not going to go on wise, but if you do, I, I don't doubt it. But uh, Walker is a guy I've been on the last few weeks. I love him in Texas. And like you mentioned, outside of the accuracy part, he's playing really well. He's one of the best putters on tour of late as well. He's a top 20 putter on yeah. strokes game putting. So I really like what he's been doing out there. Um, Kuchar, I kind of like the fact he missed the cut last week. He broke his big cut streak. I, we've mentioned it a couple of times. He hasn't doesn't, doesn't take a week off, and that terrifies me. So even two days off means the world to me for this guy. I think that's tremendous. He is a guy that can, you know, dink and dunk through a golf course. So I like him at 9300 bucks. I'm hoping the missed cut and the way he played last week actually scares people off. So um, I, I like those two a lot. And then Adam Scott, I like a ton. Brooks Kafka, I don't mind. I just I, I still just want to see more. That wrist injury, it, you know, he has played well since he returned, but it just scares me a little bit. Um, uh, so Walker, Kucher, and Scott would be the three. I'm really looking at uh, in this price range, and I plan on probably putting all three together. I like the Cooch take. I think that's a really good take uh, on him. He's got really good course history. So, and, it's like, and, and the thing is, it's not like he has to be like last week where you have to go four four under to make the cut. This cut's going to probably be a lot lower. So uh, he can yeah. kind of, if he struggles early, he can still sneak in there. And then yeah. we've seen we've seen Cooch do crazy things on the weekend. Probably right around the even par, probably. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I like that take. That's a really, I was thinking it's a really good take by you both. Um, every now and then I have them. That's why I'm here. Otherwise, it's all you guys. Um, every now and again. Every the guys and third in junkies every now and again has one. Yeah. Yep. Don't listen to me. You guys keep doing you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I dropped from second last week. It sucks. Yeah, no, right. um, let's go to the $8,000 range. We have an, another handful of pretty interesting guys, but it's not as juicy to me as it used to be. It's almost like you can overlook this range a little bit, but there's a few that I do like. You got Schwartzel. DeChambeau, Duffner, Grillo, ZJ, Usti, Hadley, Shoffle, Kisner, the defending champion, and Ollie Schneiderjans. Didn't Schwartz uh, WD already? Oh, did he? Yes. Um, I okay, so, so him and um, whatchamacallit, uh, Keith Mitchell already. Jesus. Yeah. Um, 
All right, well, the Schwartz will gone. Good. I don't want to play him anyways. It's fine. <laughs> um, a couple guys I am looking at here, because usually I'll, I'll go for the whole $8,000 range, but DeChambeau is one I like. I know we've been on him a lot lately. You know, three top fives or top fours in his last five events. It's kind of like that Harbor Town feel, kind of like that shot makers feel where he doesn't have to go crazy. If he just keeps it in play, he's got that approach game, and that proximity game that can make this really, really interesting. So I like him at 8,800. Um, another guy I absolutely love on this course, and he's won here before. He's won here twice. He's got great course history. He made 12 cuts in 12 events here. Is Zach Johnson. Uh, he's 8,500 bucks. I'm scared he's going to be chalky, but it's one of those chalk plays I kind of want to have a piece of. I think he's going to be really good here. I think a cut knock on wood should be a good thing and then go from there with him and he has a chance to contend at a course like this and then lastly you can't ignore him because he, he plays well in these kind of courses um he's coming off of two missed cuts which is kind of scary but that's just kevin kisner to a t that's what he does best and 8100 for kids uh does keep him as a i think it's a little too cheap for his price tag so the only three i'm really looking at here is dechambeau zj and kisner there's other good guys but um bucks what are you looking at in the 8k range yeah, I, I love the DeChambeau take, um, Mr. Pre- Mr. Precision himself. Um, so he is uh, fourth on a model. Uh, the only thing that concerns me is his work around the greens. But, I mean, hopefully he doesn't miss any greens. So I do like DeChambeau quite a bit. Um, the one guy – so my, my big pivot this week, and it – will probably burn me, but my big pivot this week is from Zach Johnson to Grillo. So um, I, I really like Emiliano this week. He is really solid tee to green. He keeps it in play. His proximity is really, really good. His scrambling solid. Um, and I think if he can just figure that putter out a couple rounds, he is going to break through. But I, I really like Grillo this week. What do you like here in the 8K range, Jesse? Yeah, I like I like DeChambeau just because he scores in bunches on DraftKings. I mean, yep. two straight missed cuts here, but playing a lot better golf recently than he has been in his whole entire life probably. So I'll ignore that um, and, and potentially just go after his uh, birdies. Basically, I mean, he makes a ton of birdies. He makes a lot of bogeys, um, but he scores points, and that's obviously what we're trying to do is outscore everybody else. Uh, I, 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 I like the Grillo and ZJ ch- takes by both of you guys. I think the pivot off of those two is Louie. He's not going to show up anywhere yeah. on any stats. He's been so trash uh, outside of a couple of, uh, you know, tournaments. But, you know, if his swing is working, this is a place where he can probably contend. I think he's GPP only, and he's like – you know, if you're just if you're just wanting to go super contrarian because you're so chalky everywhere else, you know, Louie would be the guy for me. Yeah. Justin Hadley um, playing really, really well, obviously, 11th, 16th, 20th, 7th in his last four. Um, that's a pretty good price tag on him at 83. So he would be he would be my guy down low here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, probably for me, I'm about like you, Bubba, where I'll, I'll skip this range quite a bit just because I'm trying to load up in probably three in the 9,000s. Um, and it doesn't – you can't do it and be very comfortable with getting a guy here. So I'll probably end up in the low sevens. But those would be my three guys there in the, in the eights. Yeah, no, it's, it's an interesting range. You got kind of – maybe if you go up top, you go into the eights. But otherwise, it's tough to get a handful of nines. 
Let's go into the 7K range where it's locked and loaded as always. And there's actually a handful of guys I don't mind at all here. Again, why I can see myself skipping the eights a bit if we need to. Jesse, kick us off in the $7,000 range. Yeah, I mean, one of my the, one of the guys up top in my model is Steve Stricker at 7,900. Uh, just because he just has played really well. I mean, he, he finished 23rd at the Players' Championship and then went back to the Champions Tour and finished second. Um, only one missed cut in the last couple months, and that was in Houston when I played him, of course, and he was my one and done. So that was pretty much on me there. So I'm a big fan of Steve this week. Um, he gets around these courses pretty well, just slow and steady like a cooch. Uh, but he's like a poor man's cooch, an older, wiser cooch. Uh, so other than that, I think Chris Kirk is interesting at 76, past winner here playing better golf this year. Um, Hadwin could be chalky at 76, uh, but he just made a bunch of cuts in a row. He's made three straight here at this golf course. Sabatini, past winner here. Um, Austin Cook is interesting to me at 7,400, but the guy that I'll probably target quite a bit is Nick Watney at 73. That price tag is just incredibly, incredibly low. Three or four made cuts here in his last four attempts um, and playing so much better this year than he has in past years um, over the injury stuff. You know, obviously second at the Wells Fargo uh, a couple weeks ago. And then made the cut the Players' Championship as well. But just kind of plods along, you know, getting top 35s, top 20s every now and again. And at 7,300, I think that's just a ridiculous price tag on him. So um, I do like him quite a bit. And then at 7,000, a guy who I played last week, um, he, he played okay, uh, Andrew Putnam. Uh, just kind of seems to – the stats seem to align there. So he's decently high on my model. So I'll probably have a piece of him at, at 7,000 as well. Uh He's played decently well in Texas, eighth uh, at the Texas Open, 32nd in Houston, and 42nd last week. So uh, he can deal with the wind okay. So 7,000, I think he's a he's in play there. Yeah, that's, a, that's our weekly Watney price too low conversation all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you like in the 7Ks? Yeah, I think – as usual, this this area has so many golfers, and there are, like Jesse mentioned, there are quite a few that actually pop on the model um, and have solid course history, solid stats. So I'll run down some of my top real quick above 7,500, and that would be Steve Stricker. I love that take, Jesse. Um, Kevin Na, I love this week. Adam Hadwin is probably one of my top uh, plays this week, uh, Bo Hostler, and then a guy that I think will be lower owned uh, because of all the other names I just mentioned is Chris Kirk, but I really like him this week a ton. Um, really solid in the top 20 in bogey avoidance, T to green, uh, greens gained proximity, scrambling, and strokes gained around the green. So I like Kirk a bunch. Uh, I am not on the golden cherub this week. And so oh, no. if he wins, I will backhand somebody, um, <laughs> but I'm not on the golden cherub. I do like CT pan this week. The guy has tons of game. Obviously he used to be one of the top ranked amateurs in the world. Um, starting seems to be rounding kind of into form maybe, uh, but I like him. I like Perez. Russell Henley is a guy that does not show up on my model at all. 
Um, but he, it's just one of those, you look at him, you look at his results, you look at his game, and he just like gut feel fits this course to me. So I do like Russell Henley this week. Um, I'll probably sprinkle him in. And then getting down low, Sean O'Hare I like a bunch this week, and then Kevin Strillman. Strillman's one of those really steady Eddie players. Um, not the longest off the tee, but he hits a ton of fairways, should keep it in play. If he can um, play those par threes, even par, I think he is going to be top 20. So, Yep, I like you? most of the – I like most of the guys you guys mentioned there. Uh, one, Charlie Hoffman, nine of nine cuts at this event. He's a Texas boy. He likes to play the Texas uh, Texas swing. So uh, even though it's kind of you know a miscut in T64 his last two events, we know he can uh, get it going at courses like this. Uh, I do love the Steve Stricker take. This is a guy we always talk about after the fact on these kind of, like you said, it's not a shorter course, but it's more of a shot maker's course, and it, it fits. You don't have to bomb away all the time. So Steve Stricker. Does come into play at seventy nine hundred bucks. Uh, Kevin Knott is a good take as well. I like that one bucks. Um, when you slide through a little more, I do like the Chris Kirk as well at seventy six hundred. If you need to, you know, get someone else in this range, I love Rory at seventy six two. And then one I don't think you guys mentioned, but he's he's made two straight cuts after kind of a roller coaster ride, a kind of dinking and dunking course like this. Ches Reeve at seventy six yeah. could be a low could be a low on target here. Maybe he finds his form yet again. Um, it's hard to ignore what J.J. Spawn did last week, and he's done the last few weeks at 7400 bucks. Uh, you know, he missed a cut, but then a T26. He's made two or three cuts, a T26 and a T3. So he's in, in on the radar at $7,400. Uh, Nick Watney, I love at 73 Before I finish, I'll finish after I ask you guys this question. He's been playing horrible golf, but our boy, Pat Perez, is only $7,300. He can hit his three-wood three all day on this course. Yeah, anybody. I mean, the only thing that concerns me about Pat is his, his long iron game. Yeah, that's the only thing that concerns me. But I'm still going to be playing him. Seventy three hundred bucks for that guy is solid. Seventy three hundred bucks for a guy that win is interesting. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll I'll take a hard pass on that. What about <laughs> what about the dude though, Ted Potter Jr. No, nope, can't do it. Eighteen year in two thousand fourteen. I can't watch his golf swing. Three straight made cuts on tour after winning and missing five straight cuts. He's on the comeback trail. Can't you play it. him, I'll play Pat Perez. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so after Watney, uh, if you want another kind of older guy that can dink and dunk around and plays good on these type of courses, Jim Furyk's only 7,200. Um, not flashy, but it'll go super low owned. And a guy we always joke about after the fact, Vaughn Taylor. This is a course for Vaughn Taylor. Yeah, I know man. it's that horrible name with 7200 bucks for Vaughn. Um, and then I like your, your Strillman call, your Putnam call. I like both of those. But uh, there's tons of options in 7K, as always. That's kind of one of those. If you, if you want to narrow it down, just hit one of us up, hit the handle up, something like that. It'll be a lot easier to answer your questions. Um, 6K, there, like last week, there was a, a decent amount of options you could sleep with at 6K, and we're let off by Jesse's favorite again. Um, Bucks, who do you like in the 6K range? There are only a couple guys. Um, that I like down here and that is that should be the case typically uh, before we get there let me ask you a question didn't Reavy WD last week uh, I don't think he was in the field no. yeah. for some reason I was thinking he WD'd early 
I don't have him turn the field at all. I mean, he may uh, have he may have WD'd out of the field before it started, but he definitely didn't start. Yeah, he yeah, didn't start his last two events, T30 and the 33. I'll have to look that up. Okay. Yeah, I'm not Anyways, sure. Back to the 6,000 range. Um, there are only three guys down here that I uh, like enough to play. Uh, Cheka, he's $6,800. Um, Risk-reward, obviously, but around the greens, he's money, hits a ton of fairways. And so that should give him the opportunity to at least have a chance if he can make some putts. Uh, Abraham Anser, another guy that is just he, honestly, he's just a solid over, overall golfer. Uh, and then I'm going to play him again, and I will I will ride this train until I have no more money. Say it. Say it. John Huh yes. <laughs> is going to break me. <laughs> no, he's a good golfer. Broke He'll be me fine. Last week, he'll probably break me again, but I'm playing John Huh. Um, solid proximity. Uh, just solid overall golfer, and sixty-seven hundred bucks is yeah cheap. It's too too cheap. It's too cheap for his talent level. Um, <laughs> it is. Uh, Jesse, what do you like in the six Ks? Go broke, go broke, betting John, huh? <laughs> um, he he did much, very well for me earlier this year, so yeah. Pretty much it's Ben Crane, and that's, that's it. That's the guy's referring to with your guy. I don't know that I would play anybody else down here. I mean, obviously somebody two or three is probably going to come out of here and play really well, but I, who is it going to be? I have no idea. Um, I think that price is probably really low on Ben Crane. I mean, he didn't play great last week. Two straight made cuts here though at this tournament, and like six, five on tour, so. Um, He's about the only one that I would deal with. Yeah, I don't mind Crane. Uh, Brian Stewart at 6900 bucks is a guy I can get behind good course history here, and he's playing pretty well overall. Three Made three of his last four cuts. Uh, I don't mind Hub, but if you want to go at 6700 bucks, go at Stewie Sinks down there as well uh, for your cash game pleasures. Other than that, there's one oh. other name that, that I don't want, but Wesley Bryan, 6600 and he plays these – he can put the driver away. You never know what's going to happen with him, but it's pretty terrifying. One other thing, I do want to give a shout out to my dude Adam Shank. Shank, <laughs> I was wondering if you mentioned him. He finished Eagle Birdie Birdie to make the cut. Dude, that assault was insane. Six six and some very extremely false hope that I was going to make any money last week. <laughs> shout out to him for lifting me up Friday night. Um, I really appreciate that. He, he was that was a hell of a finish by him. <laughs> All right, that wraps up the DraftKings field. We'll get to a little quick hit questions here, starting off with our punts of the week, Bucks. Let's make it like 73 and below since we don't really like the 6K range. John, huh. <laughs> Got a boy. I love the hook behind and, it. And a guy, I don't know, did anybody mention Corey Connors? I really no. like him. Yeah, he played really well last week. I don't mind it. Uh, what about you, Jesse? Um, I mean, if we're starting at 73, it's just Nick Watney probably, but uh, other than that, do what? That's not a punt. Well, I mean, you said 73, so, I mean, Ben Crane would be my only, like, true punt. Maybe Shink again, uh, you know, if you're wanting to get way down there, um, but I I just don't know, man. I mean, this is a wild week for punts. Yeah, I was looking at Crane or Sink. Uh, how about this one? I'm not saying he's a pump, but just your guys' thoughts. Finished T6 last week. He's made three straight cuts. He was T24 here last year. 
in his only event. He's sixty six hundred bucks on Ryan Blom. Blom. Oh, he he crushed some dreams last week, man. Yeah, he uh, he got oh. it in. Ah, right. sixth. Before that, he's miscut, 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 miscut. Like just a no, thousand. He's made, he's made he's made his last three cuts. He's streaky, man. Blom. No, he's he's sixth. Miscut, I got T six, T seventy seven, T eighty four. I got MDF'd. Oh, two MDFs. Ah, uh, yeah. So he gets that one 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 round of hope in. Probably, probably <laughs> decreases his points before he totally crashes all your dreams on Saturday yes. night. I just want to throw him out there because everyone's going to see that T six. I agree with you. I want to come running. He's obviously so. figured something out. All right, then let's talk bus since we're talking about Ryan Blum. Um, Bucks, who are your bus for the week? Oh, man. Um, I will give two bus this week. I don't, I don't even know if you can count Spieth as a bust, um, but I would say Spieth, and my other is going to be Kisner. Just because the course history guys are going to play Kisner this week, and I really don't think he's going to play well at all. All right. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, I think I think Spieth's obviously the easy way out there. Um, yes. I was I actually saw something that this dude was tweeting at the uh, uh, at somebody else on on obviously on Twitter today um, that the the highest priced guy has only topped ten twice this year, and both of them were DJ. How so, sick is that? That's pretty interesting. Um, so I think that's the easy way, but other than him, uh, I will go with the bust as, uh, Ricky. Yeah, I'm with you guys on speed, but uh, outside of that, I'm going Aaron Wise at 9,600. Uh, Bucks, who's your core this week? Core this week, um, as I think last week was the first week I, I picked the top-ranked guy in Spieth, and it burned me. So I'm going to go back to my ten under 10K uh, lineups. I think my core this week is going to be Adam Scott and uh, Adam Scott and DeChambeau or Adam Scott and Hadwin and, and build around it. But I, I think Adam Scott's winning this week, so he's 100% in my core. I like it a lot. What about you, Jesse? Yep, Adam Scott, Brooks, and uh, probably either Jimmy or Bryson. All right, all right. Um, if like my nine K, it's gonna be between Kucher and Scott, and then ZJ and Bryson in the eight K. Kind of make a smorgasbord with those four. Take try to take three out of those four and build around those. That's where I'll be looking. Um, all right, Bucks, your winner. Adam Scott. If I had to pick oh. a second. Um, it's going to be John Huff. Oh, going big. <laughs> <laughs> All righty then. Positivity, baby. Oh. Um, Jesse, who you got? Bucks be coming live from the homeless shelter next week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> winner. I, I like Jimmy Walker to win this week. I, I love Jimmy. Yeah, it's a good call. Well, my winner was, was Adam Scott and Jimmy Walker, so um, that'll solve that one. Um, I, I just mentioned how much I love Jimmy Walker and Adam Scott. So, yeah, those are the two. If I had to pick a third, 
Um, I told you I'm not really on him on DraftKings, but I have a, if he goes off, he's going to win, and it's Brooks Kafka. But um, it's kind of counterproductive if I don't play him on DraftKings. But, <laughs> but uh, Walker and Scott were the two I really, really liked, and Walker will probably be my one and done because I used Scott last week. But, uh, all right, gentlemen, that wraps us up. Any final words, Bucks, Jesse? Nope. Hopefully the TV coverage this week is uh, a little bit better. Hopefully Shot Tracker doesn't – break and we get to see some pretty phenomenal golf uh, I, I think uh from a weather perspective i think there's a little bit of rain one of the days but overall right now it looks pretty good yeah you, Jesse. good luck everybody uh you know don't go counting that six to six money friday night <laughs> yeah I, i'm still baffled by that like we were talking last night i don't know how the hell that happened but uh wow i felt for you i really did sorry my uh, PGA season yeah, that's that's crazy, uh, but yeah, I think this is a balanced week, everybody. So uh, get that in, and uh, if you have any questions, hit any of us up. Let us know. Uh, we're always down to answer your questions. But check us out on Twitter at Always Press DFS. Jesse is at DFS Golf Gods. Bucks is at BP Snow Eleven. I am at BD Entrick. And check us out on all your listening platforms that you enjoy. This was the Always Pressing PGA DFS Pod previewing the Fort Worth Invitational. Catch you guys next week. Show goes on all night till the morning. We train so long. Anybody ever went?